Suzanne. And I'm Peter. And you're listening to Sex Advice for Seniors. And we're very delighted to have with us today, Wendy Maltz, who's a sex and relationship therapist. And we've invited onto the program really because of the overwhelming response that we had to a TikTok video that I made asking the question or talking about how to identify a person, and in my case, I was mainly talking about men, who watches too much porn. And that video is now approaching nearly a million views. And who knows, by the time this comes out, it might be a million views. But it wasn't so much the video that was the issue for us. It was the responses that we got. And Mm. some of them were people who clearly were struggling from being in relationships or having been in relationships where this had been an issue and was an issue and talking about how damaging it had been to their relationships. And other people had said that they recognized this. And then some other people started talking about their own experiences. And it was a bit overwhelming. It was a bit of an avalanche of comments. And so I thought I'd get the lowdown, or we'd get the lowdown from somebody who's actually been in the trenches dealing with this (laughs) to try and understand who wrote a book about it called The Porn Mm. Trap to really try and get the, to understand what is going on. Just, you know, looking quickly around the internet and from my own experience, um, most of the stuff that is um, written about porn is written really about its impact on younger people. And of course, we're sex advice for seniors. So I was just wondering if um, if any of the que- any of the questions that are posed to young people and porn are are applicable to old pe- older people as well. Um, yes. Well, hello and greetings, Hi. everyone from from America, from Eugene, Oregon, where I am. Um, yes, um, my husband Larry and I uh, were working in our private practices, and uh, I do a lot of sexuality. I was doing a lot of sexuality work. I'm retired now, um, and. Um, it was amazing because a lot of people came in of all ages with porn problems. And I think it's important to see porn as a very powerful product that can impact people kind of like, you know, a substance, uh, uh, any kind like alcohol or drugs. It's very addictive. And there's a certain percentage of people just like with alcohol who develop very serious addictions Maybe it's uh, 10 to 15%. And about half of people who use porn express some concerns about their use. And that, that may be even higher. So it doesn't matter how old you are in terms of it is this, this product that, that uh, I think a lot of times people don't realize how powerful it is because they do receive sexual pleasure from viewing it and it helps them. Uh, in many cases, it's used as a supplement to uh, masturbation and mm. even as a sexual outlet when a partner's not available. Um, but um, it, 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 with younger people, it can often shape their interests in, and um, shape. It, it's, a, 
it conditions. So you get the hit of the orgasm or, or the arousal or the elevation of mood. Uh, and then um, it uh, reinforces itself. And so you can get, by looking at porn too, as a younger person, you can shape what, what um, activities you might think you would might want to be engaged in. But it can also take people down kind of rabbit holes where they get interested in like child porn or uh, adolescent porn or, I mean, child abuse pornography or adolescent abuse pornography, as well as into things that are just kind of unrealistic in terms of real life. And, um, but porn today's porn is real different than the porn we had, right? When we were yeah. younger, I remember. Yeah, sne- hold a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I remember sne- liking to babysit at this one, uh, family's house because, uh, they had a stash of playboy magazines uh, in right. a cupboard. And so I couldn't wait to, to, uh, to sit for them. They also had great snacks. <laughs> <laughs> So, but, so food, uh, food and sex always, always food and uh, sex. mixed in your mind. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Really, what else is there, you know? But, yeah. um, you know, that was um, print uh, and photography just plain uh, two-dimensional. Yeah. Yeah. It's really different yeah. than today's porn involves, you know, can involve webcams. You can get any kind, see any kind of thing that the imagination yeah. can come up with. It impacts, it goes directly to our central nervous system. Yeah. And um, it, it triggers arousal. And um, it, uh, there's a, it has a slot machine kind of ratio. Uh, It's like using a slot machine. You're looking for that hit or that image that's going to, that a person wants an image that will turn them on or take them to, um, to orgasm. But for older people, a lot of times the preferences have been established. And when I was counseling, the older people who came in uh, talking about porn problems would say, you know, they, they don't really have a, they don't go to a lot of the stuff that's out there. They pretty much know what they want. And it also often conforms with what they had conditioned themselves to be aroused to when they were younger. So I don't know what this younger generation is going to experience when they're our age because of the conditioning they're having now. Mm. Um, but when it's old, when you're older, porn can take you away from a current partner or um, because it can, a lot of times people turn to it as uh, because the partner's ill or, mm. or, uh, or it's just, you know, you've been doing a whole podcast on sex for seniors. So I'm sure you're very familiar with how uh, sex in the older years can be, you know, slower, more difficult to get aroused. Um, the orgasms aren't quite the same. There can be medical problems, hip surgeries, back surgeries, all these things that can make it a, a bit um, uh you know, of a challenge to pursue. And so porn for some people can help keep them feeling sexually alive. And, and do they, and do they um, keep 
keep that feeling individually and personally and and on their own and does that become the problem um definitely often it's men who are off on their own watching porn and masturbating um and the you know in my experience it's it's largely the men who do that and the women have gone to bed and gone to sleep you know sensibly um but yeah Right. Yes, it is. And um, but the the thing is, for for most or a lot of porn users, it is a hidden behavior, like drinking on the side, you know. And so um, the porn user themselves may not think that it's a problem um, and, and an issue, but if they're in a relationship, um, it automatically, uh, the, the, uh, the intimate partner, it automatically just shifts the dynamic into some areas that are problematic for the couple because it can, um, there can be a lot of deception that goes on with its use. And I'm just going in to look at the sports stats and, you know, <laughs> and, um, it, it crumbles trust because of the, lying and deceit and then the uh, the partner if it's a female partner who already probably feels like her sexuality is changing you know she might have some uh, vaginal discomfort or dryness or issues with uh, just getting aroused and being able to make it to orgasm things like this and here she finds out that her partner has gone somewhere else it, yeah. it it to the female partner it can feel like you know a um like an affair, affair. like yeah. an affair yeah and that their their sexual worth automatically gets decreased is diminished their value the way they look you know and there's no way of of that a female com- can compete with the females in um in a heterosexual relationship and, and even in a, a gay relationship, um, you know, you can't compete with the images of people who are younger that come up in porn. So it just really can change the expectations yeah. of what people think is possible in sex and make people feel dimin- uh, the partners feel diminished. And they can also, if there's a discover a sudden discovery of the porn and they see someone, you know, what someone's been looking at, their partner's been looking at online and they go, whoa, whoa, you know, there's these uh, firm breasts that are high and, you know, and big and, and, or there's, um, or there's, uh, you know, these young guys with um, six pack abs and, you know, and muscles and, and big penises that are always hard, you know, uh, it, it can, it can really, um, you know, people can go, uh, or, or, or youthful looking porn or, um, porn that involves violence and aggression and, um, uh, humiliation. They can go, who are you? Who is this person that I've 
you know, been in love with or that we, we maybe we've had a great relationship. And who are you now? I don't know who you are anymore. I can't, I, I don't respect you. I feel you've become, you know, you're, you're contaminated. Mm-hmm. And, and some of the partners talked about the pain of discovery of their partner's porn uh, use as um, being like a stab in the heart. It just mm-hmm. it's just like a, a very traumatic, intimate wound to their self-esteem and their whole life, their whole structure. Like, how can I let you around the grandkids yeah. if this is what you're looking at, you know? Yeah. And um, It's uh, quite likely that um, the man has always been, you know, interested in those things. It's just it's come to light. Um, and so the the relationship would have been built on that on that basis for a long time, probably. Um, uh, you know, right. it may have even been you know affairs or little little dalliances with with uh, with other women or other men um, over the years. And you know, maybe maybe when you reach old age, that's the time you have to kind of take stock and uh, think about what it is you've been involved in for the last you know x decades maybe that's why the uh, divorce rate is <laughs> so high amongst uh, amongst older people and um, and it's mostly women who uh, who initiated mhm that's interesting yeah the um and discovery can uh the uh, for older people, there can be a discovery of a person's porn use and issues after they die. This was one of the saddest things. People would come in and say, you know, my partner died. And in the closet, we discovered that, you know, like video, even videos. I mean, you have to have a video player still. But, you know, I mean, uh, DVDs, videos, they had their their sweet stash, you know. And, the, and of things then, and then people are like, um, or on the computer, a grandson, you know, is looking at grandpa's computer after he dies before selling it or whatever and sees all this stuff. And it impacts how people grieve about the dead person because it can be like, that, I, I yeah. can't gr- grieve anymore because I'm just disgusted with what they were doing in private. And Mm. so people don't realize that there can be an impact on the whole family, even Mm. after they die. That's a great point, Wendy, that I hadn't considered. I mean, from my own personal life, like you, I I found a Playboy magazine when I think my dad had one um, Mm. hidden away that I knew where it was. And then somebody took me to a triple X movie theater in Maine when I was at university. And, and I didn't want to acknowledge at that point that it had turned me on because Mm. I didn't want him to know because I didn't want to have sex with him. So he said, he said, said, did that turn you on? And I was like, no, not really. But I, but I was secretly turned on by Marilyn Chambers. I think it was at the time. Oh yeah. Behind uh, the green door. Yeah. The green door. And, uh, and then, you know, subsequent to that, at the very beginning, you know, of the internet, just seeing, um, just seeing flat 2d images, you know, of naked people and things, because we hadn't really had exposure to that. 
But then I did, I did end up at one point down the rabbit hole. And I'm not sure, Pete, if it, if you have these ideas and then, and then you've always had them and you look for them. I don't think Mm. that was true for me. I think I had some ideas about sex, just norm, you know, heteronormative sexual relations in a very quite vanilla way. And then, of course, once I was exposed to more other options, I thought, well, what's that over there? You know, in a way that you like gin and tonic and then somebody introduces you to vodka and tonic. And then the next thing you know, you're drinking martinis every night, you know, because, (laughs) yeah, you just (laughs) like them more. And so I so I'm not sure that that porn doesn't that it's not that it doesn't work for me. I think it definitely worked the other way around. And my question is more about for me, the only way to stop myself going down the rabbit hole was just to stop watching it. I yeah. couldn't dip in. I, I, I'm not like a dip in person. It's either it's either do it and get off or don't, mm. you know. So for me, I have to kind of stop. And it, and I was going to say to you, like, what? Because is it like alcohol? Do you just literally have to stop? For for most people, I, or for a lot of people, I think that's true. I had similar experiences, you, Susan. I was very attracted to it. Went to ten, and Larry and I, even back in the seventies, went to the Mitchell Brothers Theater in Oakland and watched the uh, X-rated movies and and stuff. And um, I remember a client saying, "Porn gives you what you want, and then it makes you want things." That, you yeah. know, that you didn't want and that go against your values and yeah. your sense of uh, integrity. Um, right. And uh, so I think it's important to realize that you can get easily habituated to it. It's like yeah. that that uh, frog in the boiling water, yeah. you know, yeah. like you can be have a serious problem that just gets warmer and warmer. And then all of a sudden you realize, hey, you know, it's I'm got boiling. you. It's yeah. boiling. Yeah. And that yeah. and, and that can be one of and it's 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 actually made to do that. And the way it is delivered does that. I've seen research on this. That you people get pulled in on Playboy channels, and before they know it, they're paying money to go to um, the child abuse type pornography, and it yeah. does that on purpose with what it presents. And their algorithms—it's—it's yeah. it, it's just like advertisements on Amazon or whatever. You know, it—they—they—they yeah. it, they, they get to know what you are spending time on and doing. And and then it pulls the you in a direction towards the money or... making. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a multi-billion-dollar industry, yeah. and um, there are no, and unlike tobacco or alcohol, there's no not not very much in terms of restrictions or a downside uh, going on. So, is there a way to, um, you know, there's a lot of people that asked on the TikTok channel, what what can I do? What, what can I do about this? I mean, we said go to a therapist, obviously, and go see a professional. 
I suspect that's a that's a difficult conversation for a lot of people to have because, you know, a lot of people think it's, I suspect that it's quite an innocent habit that just goes on somewhere else. And, and, you know, what has it got to do with you? It's just, no. you know, I'm, you're not having sex with me on Wednesday. So I'm going to go off and get off on Wednesdays with whatever I'm watching. What, what is the solution? Is there a solution? Well, just like with an alcohol or a drug problem or an addiction to gambling or other things that are highly addictive, the user needs to get to a point where they're experiencing more. It's not usually until they get to a point where they're experiencing more negative consequences than positive than benefits. Mm. And then they um, and but and this can take years. I mean, the denial for addictions you know, people are usually in, in a state of denial for years before they go, this thing has taken me down. This thing has got me by the, by the balls, <laughs> literally, yeah, you know, or whatever, you know, yeah, it's just yeah. like, this thing is, is controlling my life. And I think it's when you, when a person reaches, you know, some sort of pit, it could be brought on by being discovered um, or it could be yeah. some other influence. Maybe they get exposed to more information about porn and they just, you know, the whole, um, I've heard people get disgusted by it when they learn more about the industry and how it operates. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, that sense that we all like where we're determining our own lives and we're in control, bodily autonomy and and free will and, and making our own choices that can you can get robbed of that from porn and I think especially for men a lot who, who are the main users of porn it's when they hit that point that they go um you know I, I I've lost my self-determination in my life yeah porn, porn anymore. Yeah. yeah I can't control and it's being out of control craving it not being able to stop a lot of times people try and try and stop and then they can't and then they realize I can't stop without help. Um, but it, it was all, all these things that uh, motivated Larry and I to research and uh, interview people who, who had been moving beyond porn problems, who recognized they had a porn problem and, and find out how they were getting out of it and develop techniques and interventions, which the whole ha second half of the book, The Porn Trap, is devoted to how to recover the steps for six steps for recovery and um, for, uh, you know, recognizing a problem, getting support. And um, uh, I think education is a key Oh, learning to deal with relapses, things like that. And then rebuilding trust in a relationship, dealing with sexual issues um, because sometimes porn is so easy as an arousal, uh, method that um, it can mask when a person has, a, you know, arousal difficulties that could be dealt with in some other way through yeah. um, medication or um, through just getting general health in better shape. So and the use of porn can be, can itself be an attempt to overcome a problem rather than the yes. problem itself. That's interesting. I hadn't thought that. Or both, actually, Peter. Yeah, yeah. Mm, okay, okay. It becomes a problem itself, but it, there can be an initial thing like, oh, 
I'll look at some porn and then I'll relate with my partner. I remember one male couple I work with where um, they, the, the, uh, one of the partners was just so upset because he, his, his partner, his lover had to have the porn going on the screen in the bedroom while, when they had sex in order to function. So people can end up becoming dependent on it. So learning, um, there are wonderful exercises for learning to tune in more on a sensual level, a physical level. And how did our grandparents continue to have sex? They didn't have porn, but they, they managed and, you know, and, and their grandparents, I mean, Pete, I think as you get older there, you can turn, tune into things like, um, you know, the touch and soothing and, um, you know, kind of can know things that your partner likes that turn them on and you can, you can hopefully have good communication and take your time and, and relax and allow blood flow to come into the genital, genital area. And, um, you know, so there's wonderful ways of, uh, dealing with, um, sexual difficulties that increase intimacy mm-hmm. and um but we have this society where we go oh images everything and i'll just look yeah. i'll look on my phone for something to stimulate yeah. me yeah. it's quick and cheap and easy it's, quick yeah. quick cheap and easy but meanwhile you don't realize it it's taking you away yeah. from developing yeah. skills for uh, a, a deeper intimacy and actually kind of you could say a beauty or a meaningfulness that sex can take on in the older mm-hmm. years. It can, it can rob you of that in the older years mm-hmm. and a sweetness. And, um, you know, it's like you have, can have fantasies of when you were younger and related, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. if people have erotic imaginations that get stunted because mm-hmm. of porn use and that I think used to fulfill and, um, that need for, uh, you know, some stimulation. Yeah. Yeah, And I think think as well that the, you know, what I've noticed as well, just in, you know, in being an older woman is as you identified earlier in the conversation, things do take longer for Mm -hmm. both sexes often. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. and one of the, one of the great things I think about being an older person in, and relating in, in, a heterosexual relationship is that you don't, you're not faced with the Duracell bunny who's, you know, just anxious to keep going in that kind of energetic way. The whole thing can just be prolonged, protracted, slow down, just be more gentle as you, as you acknowledge, just more loving. And in fact, it's, in once we realize how we can meet ourselves in that new way in older age, there is something really special from, especially as a woman for Mm. meeting men in the way that we would have liked to have been met. Well, (laughs) when I was younger and I was, when I wasn't, I didn't want all that high energy and I, and now I'm older, I'm quite glad that it's all slowed down, you know? So trying to, combat that with using porn to me defeats the objective of of what we can do when we're older which is we can appreciate sex in a new way 
we can mm-hmm. look at our we can look at our relationships in a new way we don't you know harking back to this stuff that is mainly aimed at you know showing us young beautiful people what's that mm-hmm. got to do with us you know mm-hmm. why can't we have something and i think one of peter's questions was is it possible to rescue pornography from the pornographers? And yeah. one of the conversations that we had a few weeks ago was with Cindy Gallup, who has a site called Make Love Not Porn, where real couples, older couples, younger couples, real people are encouraged to have sex in a realistic way um, and not in the way that we've seen, you know, the, these very commercial pornography studios um, uh producing sex and and pornography do you think it's possible to do is is there a way that we can watch people having sex that is positive on our relationship or is it all just just going down the rabbit hole oh you know that's a difficult uh question to answer because it varies so much from people person to person and what people consider moral or ethical. And um, the very fact that some, you know, um, if it's required for arousal, that shifts things and um, the way it competes with a partner, regardless of what is being looked at, um, you know, that doesn't really change with the type of porn looked at. Um, the it, uh, but, you know, I do believe in um, positive contributions that uh, erotica can make to people's lives and visual erotica is included in that literary erotica, you know, that um, it, you, you, it, through visual images, you can get ideas of things that might be pleasurable or po- that if they do conform with what's possible on some level for you, you know. Um, and, um, but so I think you'd have to, it seems to me personally, it would have to weed out those things like the racism that is so abundant in porn, the sexism that's abundant. Um, you know, I think it's like 88% of, uh, just standard porn, you know, that, uh, is, uh, involves sexual aggression against women or violence. And it's like, come on, you know, and, and then the uh, child abuse pornography. And um, mm. so it's sort of like, you know, uh, I guess you could filter those things out. And, but then that's what I call erotica, when those things are filtered out, but, yeah. but maybe someone else would say, Oh, no, uh, you know, they're the same thing. Yeah. And, um, and so it's a very personal. I think it really porn. This whole pornography concerns it. It it it, it behooves each and every one of us to take some time and really reflect on what your relationship with pornography is or has and has been. Mm. Where and ask yourself things like, "Where's this taking me? Yeah. How is it benefiting me?" Uh, am I experiencing any negative consequences of it? How does it influence my sense of my soul? If you're into that sort of thinking, you know, or my my integrity, um, how is it affecting 
my ability to be intimate uh, uh, with a partner in a way that is meaningful and pleasurable for both of us? Is it taking me away from my partner? Is it taking me towards my partner? One um, man expressed it as, what is the direction of my erection? <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Is, it, is it into the relationship or is it out of the relationship? I love that. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put it. But surely that's, that's at the center of it really, isn't it? It's about um, how you can communicate to your partner short term or long term or, or whatever, but communicate to your partner that you have these desires um, and that, um, that you'd like to see those met somehow within the relationship that you wouldn't have to take your erection in a d different direction. You could, uh, you know, you could, you could do it all here if, if you could be open with each other. Yes, and communication is very important because a lot of times people may want something or need, you know, we need more genital stimulation as we get older. Mm. Men need um, more touching of their uh, testicles and their penis. Uh, um, oral sex can be very helpful in the older years um, for both, both sexes. And but sometimes people are squeamish, you know, and they don't want to say to a partner, I'd really like you to tickle my butt a little. <laughs> I think that would help, you know, and uh, but they're afraid to say that. It's like, oh, my God, you're kidding. Oh, you know, you haven't said it. If you haven't said it for 50 years or 40 years or something, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know. I've been wanting you to tickle my butt for for forty years or something during during this, or or you know, and, or or pinch my nipples or whatever you know, yeah. and so that kind of um, uh, more frank, open communication and the laughter is key. Yeah. This is it's actually kind of funny that we're still trying to have sex in these older years. You know, it's like, come on, you know, uh, nature. We should, this now. We, we should be kind of past this. But, you know, humans, sex is a wonderful thing for human beings, and it does, can last a lifetime. Yeah. And, I mean, but you have to shift your your the meaning and definition and expectations that go with it to be more realistic for these changes that our bodies go through and um but you know in the older years it's like hey what do we have to lose sure let's try yeah exactly let's try a, a butt plug or let's try a whatever you know and yeah. and then to be able to say well that well, that worked or that didn't work or yeah, no, you know no. okay um you know again. We're not doing that again, right? Yeah. Butt plugs um, is a whole nother podcast, Wendy. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't. On, we've got that on the list. We got that on the list. So yeah, or I don't know what you know. I mean, there's everything out there that can be done, but yeah. you know, I think the interesting thing is, isn't an older person sex? I mean, for me personally, I find it. It's the heart connection that drives the uh, interest in my partner and um, the friendship and fun, you know, and, and commitment to each other. And just, um, it, you know, it's, it's like a sacred sharing time. 
Yeah. And regardless of what happens, but you know, porn gives you a certain image. It's got to look like this and that. And people don't realize those images that porn is presenting are based on it being a visual, um, a visual product primarily, and they have to get those penises really hard and really oiled up, and they've mm. got to and the, and and they've got to have things intense because it's always got to have an edge to it. Otherwise, people get bored um, because it basically is um, like the same thing. You know, something goes into something else and moves back and forth and pumps and boom, and then it's over. But they, you know, it's got to like, they have to, uh, if, if uh, orgasm happens, but you know, it, well, it's uh, interesting that they call it the money shot. You know, it is the money shot. Right. And that's when they can make people have what, what, what makes people have orgasms visually is not what connects and keeps an older couple, the few, the kind of fuel that really, um, to me, and I'm just talking personally, creates uh, deep satisfaction and lasting pleasure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I think that's a great place to end. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> Thank you that's so much, excellent. Wendy. I think there was some really, really great, um, really great, comments there and ideas and especially around what the actual how this is contributing or not contributing to your relationship mm. ultimately mm. right mm. and I mm -hmm. think that's for me that was the crux of it it's like if it's not helping your relationship then Don't do it that yeah. then there's something wrong and that's yeah. pretty much the way it is so yeah. thank you thank you so much for speaking with us and yeah, if anybody great. wants to get in touch with you or read the porn trap we will post a link in <laughs> okay. our in the in um on our podcast so and i can be i can be reached at healthysex.com and that's a free educational website i have a ton of free articles and information on pornography, trying to figure out whether you have a problem or not. And um, so I encourage people to go there. Thank you. That's a good, easy one to remember as well. Yeah, healthysex.com. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you. Bye.